Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, this is going to conclude our, our series in the Sermon on the Mount. But this morning, I want to talk about experiencing the kingdom of God. I believe the central theme in this passage of Scripture is entering the kingdom of God. And Jesus discusses who will be allowed to enter in and to experience the provisions of the kingdom of God. So we're going to talk about that because I believe that uh, some of us enter in and some of us don't. You know, years ago, Tanya and I had the privilege of going to uh, California and um, and we went to visit the Crystal Cathedral. It's a magnificent building, beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, Tanya and I were just walking around on the grounds, but it was closed. And so, you know, here was this magnificent building. We're on the grounds but we couldn't get in the building. So we started walking around and walking around and I started pulling on some doors and lo and behold, they had a door that wasn't locked. And so I did like a little lizard and I stepped right on in. And Tanya reluctantly followed me and lo and behold, we came out on the choir loft of the Crystal Cathedral. And we were in there all by ourselves and got to see the magnificence of the Crystal Cathedral. And there was some custodians or whatever cleaning the place. And we looked around. I wanted to preach a little bit, but I didn't. I just wanted to see how I would preach in there. And then we slipped out of the door and we left and we got to see the Crystal Cathedral. But wouldn't it have been terrible to be right there on the premises, but not enter in to the Crystal Cathedral? There's some people that are on the premise of the kingdom of God, but they're not entering in the kingdom of God. Come on, y'all with me today? I had another great opportunity. Somebody invited me to go to watch LSU whenever they were doing better than they did last night. And, uh, and there was some Skybox tickets. And man, so they gave me the instructions. They couldn't go, gave me the tickets and said, this is what you do. This is, man, was, I mean, it was like, looked like it was a, you know, a ticket to heaven or something. And so, man, I get there, get in the elevator, go up. You know, there's not as many people as the crowd. And, and man, I get up on the elevator and they, man, skybox tickets. And the cool thing is they serve you food. And so, man, there's a big old buffet. And so before I've got there before the game. So, man, I'm, you know, I think Olivia was with me. We're partaking, man. We're eating. And so we're eating and the game starts. And, man, some nice hors d'oeuvres and stuff. And then for, for halftime... I went back out into the lobby there and I noticed there was a whole nother buffet on the other side. And I said, well, it must be the same as this one. So I walked over there, but man, this was the entrees right here. Like, oh man. And so I was in the kingdom, but I wasn't receiving the fullness of what the tickets allowed me to receive. Some people are in the kingdom, but they're not experiencing the fullness of the kingdom. And God don't want us just to enter in the kingdom. He wants us to experience the fullness of the kingdom. Amen. Now, what is the kingdom of heaven that Jesus talks about? Well, a kingdom is a territory 
that is being ruled by a king. And uh, Jesus taught us there were two kingdoms. In Matthew 6, 9, and 10, Jesus said, Pray then this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus indicates there's an earthly kingdom and there's a heavenly kingdom. How many of you know that? Now, the earthly kingdom is the kingdom which is ruled by and controlled by Satan. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Satan is the God or the king of this world. The world is the territory that Satan abides in and rules in. So I thought it was God's. Well, the God of this world is working in this earth. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and Satan, the devil, came to him in Luke 4, 5 and he led him up and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Now the devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms of this world. The scripture says here, and he offered to give it to Jesus. And he said, he said, the kingdoms of this world have been handed over to me and I give it to whoever I wish. Who handed it over to him? Adam and Eve. They handed it over. Now think about this. Satan has been given authority over the kingdoms of this world and he offers it to whoever he wishes. Think about that. The only stipulation is you must be willing to give him your allegiance. And he says that in the next verse. So if you worship me, it will all be yours, Jesus answered. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only, Jesus said. I am worshiping you. So Satan offered him the kingdoms of the world. And the only stipulation was you had to turn your back on Jesus and worship him instead of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. See, we need to get a revelation that there is an adversary called this, called Satan, the devil, that is working around in this world. And according to him, he has power over the kingdoms in this world. So Satan's criteria receiving what's in his kingdom is to turn you back on Jesus and give him allegiance. Now, the other second kingdom is the heavenly kingdom, in which is the king ruled by the authority and controlled by Jesus Christ. And that's the kingdom we're interested in, right? And so John 18, 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not a, the kingdom of God. How many of you know is not a wor- earthly, worldly kingdom? It's a heavenly or a spiritual kingdom. And so a supernatural kingdom that the Lord has that will last forever. The psalmist said in 145, 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Two kingdoms, an earthly kingdom and a heavenly kingdom. Now let me point or or let me paint a picture of what this heavenly kingdom looks like in, in, in by giving you some characteristics of this heavenly kingdom. First of all, number one, the heavenly kingdom will influence the entire world. 
The Bible says in Matthew 13, 31, Jesus said, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it becomes, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and it grows into a tree and birds come and make its nest in its branches. How many of you know the kingdom of God will influence the entire world? The Bible says in verse 33, Jesus used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. The kingdom of God, there's no end to the influence. It will influence the entire globe. The kingdom of God will reach every corner of the created world that exists. Amen. There is no part that will not be touched by the kingdom kingdom of God. Did you know that Christianity is growing three times faster than any religion? You know, some will tell you that Islam or Muslim or whatever might be growing faster. No, it's not. The kingdom of God is growing faster, three times faster. Why? Because the power of the kingdom of God. There are millions of people getting saved, coming to Christ, even as we speak today. You know, I just heard a story, a North African, uh, a North African country, Algeria, North Africa, in a community, a village there. They had what you call a, uh, a Jesus dream. And without a preacher going there, without anybody going there, God visited this village this Muslim village. And they woke up the next morning and one tells the other, I had a dream last night and Jesus visited me and he told me that he is the son of God and I was to serve him and live for him. And the other person said, well, that's amazing because I had that same dream. And the other neighbor said, wow, you gotta be kidding me. Because I had that same dream. And the leader of that village went to a, a pastor's conference and confessed and testified that the entire village came to Christ without anybody preaching. Jesus just revealed himself to the entire village. Yes. I'm telling you, there is no limit to the kingdom of God. There are Muslims that are in their mosque and they're kneeling down and they are worshiping Allah and Jesus shows up and stands at their feet and says, hey, and they see his feet and they look up and there he is. He said, you're going the wrong way, man. You need to follow me. Three weeks ago, I was in Atlanta at a leadership and there was a guy there from India and he was raised in Cairo and he, and he moved to India and he was coming to this training and he told his story. He said, you know, I was, I was a business person and my heart was to just be, you know, be wealthy. And he said, I succeeded and I got cars and I got houses and I got stuff everywhere. And all of a sudden there was an emptiness inside and I didn't know what it was. And one night Jesus appeared to me and I didn't even believe in Jesus. 
Jesus. But Jesus began to visit me nightly whenever I'd go to sleep and he would minister to me and I got converted. And one day I saw, I had a dream and there were some clouds and some big hands came out of the clouds and, and the hands parted the clouds and I saw faces. And as I began to look further, it was Indian people and there were thousands and thousands of Indian people. And the Lord said, sir, I want you to go back to your home country of India and I want you to preach the gospel to my people in India. And he sold his houses and he sold his cars and he sold everything he had, turned his business over to his brother and he, and he moved to India and God is using him to reach many, many souls in India. What I'm trying to tell you is that the kingdom of God is like yeast. It's going to influence the entire world. It's like a mustard seed. There's no end to what it's going to accomplish. Amen. Isn't that exciting, brothers and sisters? A second characteristic of the kingdom of heaven. It's the most valuable treasure someone can possess. Jesus said in verse 44 of Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And his excitement, he hid it again and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on a lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Come on, how many of you know there's absolutely nothing more valuable one can possess than the treasure of the kingdom of God? There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no house. There's no boat. There's no power. There's no prestige. There's nothing. Amen. Remember the prodigal son? He was in an earthly kingdom. Uh, He was in his father's father's mansion and he left and he went and he went spin his inheritance and he ended up in the pig spin. The pig spin is the worldly kingdom. His father's house was the heavenly kingdom. There is nothing better than being in the heavenly kingdom. Amen. The third characteristic of the kingdom of God is it's invisible. You can't see it with the natural eye. Jesus said in Luke 17, 20, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. You can't physically see the blessings and the provisions of the kingdom of God. You can't measure it with, with, with uh, animate objects, with, with physical objects. You can't measure it like that. You know, the, it's an unseen, invisible kingdom. The blessings are invisible. You can't see them with the natural eye. But how many of you know that the kingdom of God is here? When will the kingdom of God come to Lafayette? Well, the answer is it's already here. The Pharisees were asking, when will the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, it's already among you. Can I tell you, the kingdom of God is already among you. Can I encourage you? The kingdom of God is already among you. You can't see the kingdom of God with natural eyes, but the kingdom of God is working all around us. Amen. It's working right now. Jesus said it like this. The wind blows where it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. You can't explain the kingdom of God with natural words. You can't explain it. You can't, you can't tell people exactly what's going on. What is the difference? What is happening? It's hard for you to put words to what God does. I mean, it's like the English language can't do it justly. Like, all I know, man, it's just like, man, it's just good. It's good. It's great, man. There's nothing like it. Like living in the kingdom of God. 
Come on, are you glad you're in the kingdom of God? The fourth characteristic of the kingdom of heaven is it's accessible to everyone interested. You don't have to be a special person to enter in. Everybody can have it. Anyone interested can actually experience the kingdom of God in their everyday life. That's the great news. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Anyone interested in experiencing the kingdom of God in their life can experience the kingdom of God in their life. You know, I've told you this, but you know, uh, Pastor Nick and I have been going on a weekly basis or almost weekly to LPC, Lafayette Parish Correctional Center. And, uh, and we started a class there and, uh, we've been gone since January. And I didn't know, uh, chap Alex just picked some people to be in that class and, and I didn't know who was in that class and, and we just started teaching that class. But as time went on, we found out, man, you know, uh, so and so just left. Well, where did he go? Well, he got sentenced. How many years he got? I don't know. What did he go in for? He murdered. Really? Yeah. And this guy, he just got sentenced 15 years. What did he did? He raped a lady. Really? And he's got to go back to Delaware. There's two more counts of rape. Wow. These are, these are criminals. These are people that, that did bad, bad things. I think about the families. I think about the ladies that were violated. I think about the family that lost a loved one and the people that did that. Here they are in the class. And I don't know that. I didn't know where they are. We just preaching the gospel, Pastor Nick and I, teaching them the principles of the kingdom. But next thing you know, they got tears flowing down their faces and they got their hands lifted up and they're crying out to God and God's filling them with his spirit and they're speaking in other tongues and, and the power of God is in that chapel. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. These are murderers. These are hardened criminals. Does God make room in his kingdom for people like that? Well, I found out, yes, he does. Yes, he does make room for people like that. You've heard my story. I wouldn't have been voted pastor in high school. I was considered the one that you didn't want your children hanging around. And I'm, I'm not joking. I'm serious. The parents in Erath didn't want their kids hanging around with me. And at 22 years old, after many years of being on drugs, I got supernaturally saved, radically changed. And even to this day, some look at me with, with a lot of hesitancy and say, and so what are you doing? You're pastoring what? You know what? They just don't understand the ability of God to open up the kingdom of God to whomever he desires to open it up to. Amen. It's accessible. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Praise God for that. Amen. The fifth characteristic, the kingdom of heaven, is an inner working in the hearts of God, or in the hearts of people, not of God. Where does the kingdom manifest? I'll tell you where it manifests. It manifests in the hearts of the people. The Bible says in Romans 14, 7, for the kingdom of God, It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, the kingdom of God is not out there somewhere. It's inside of us. 
That's where the kingdom of God, that's where the leaven takes root. That's where the mustard seed takes root in the hearts of the people of God. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me today? What is the kingdom of heaven? Paul said, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven. It's the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in the life of the believer. Come on, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm telling you, we live in a Christianity that is absent the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit back in the churches if America's going to be changed because man can't change it. The power of the Spirit of God can change America. Oh, I am stirred up this morning. Come on, how many of you are with me? The kingdom of heaven. It's the power of God. It's the rule and the reign of the Holy Spirit in the life of believer. Listen, the kingdom of God is the release of emotional, physical, and spiritual healing in the life of a person. The kingdom of God is the spiritual empowering of the spirit to do warfare against the spiritual demonic attacks that you face in your life. The kingdom of God is the spiritual fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control that is released in your life. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the spiritual gifts of wisdom, of knowledge, of faith, of healing, of prophecy, of discernment, of miracles, of turns, of leadership, empowering you to do the work of the ministry. That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the equipping of wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, and the fear of the Lord to live the abundant, overflowing life that Jesus paid such a high price for. That is the kingdom of God. Amen. How many of you want the kingdom of God? It's not good enough to be on the property of the Christian cathedral. Come on, let's go inside. It's not just good enough to just get the salad bar in the, in the, in the skybox. Let's go for the entree. Come on, are y'all with me? Are y'all following me today? Come on, we can't just go around. The, we can't circle the mountain. We need to climb the mountain this morning. Amen. Who gets to experience and inherit the kingdom of God? Well, not everyone gets to enjoy it. Not everyone gets the blessings of it, the provisions of it. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter in. So to experience and inherit the kingdom of God, first you must, you must know that the wicked will not inherit it. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? You must first, you must first enter the kingdom of God through salvation. Church won't do it. I mean, it's part of what the Bible tells us to do, not to forsake the assembling of the brethren. But I tell you, you can come to church till you're blue in the face. You can be the most faithful attender of church. That is not going to get you into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, not everybody that even says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. You got to do more than just come visit the campus. If you want to get in the kingdom of God, the wicked cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why they got people that come into church. They've been coming to church for a while and they don't know the power of God. They don't experience the presence of God. They've never felt the love of God. Well, somebody needs to tell them you got to do more than just go to church. You got to do more than that. 
The Bible says that you got to be born again. Jesus said in John 3, 2, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, unless one is born again, he cannot get into God's kingdom. You got to be born again. The entrance into God's kingdom is a spiritual experience. How many of you would agree with that this morning? Repentance of our sinful ways is the entrance into the kingdom of God. Mark 1.15, Jesus said, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Excuse me, that wasn't Jesus. That was John the Baptist. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is at hand, but you can't get into the kingdom until you repent. You know, when people, when people look at me and they, they look at my past life and, and, you know, before, whenever I was going to school, you know, they can't understand. It's only when God brought conviction in my life that I was a sinful person that was separated from God that anything changed. So what am I saying? You can't get into the kingdom because your mom and dad are Christians. You can't get in the kingdom of God because your, your boyfriend or girlfriend is a Christian. You can't get in the kingdom of God because your husband or your wife is in the kingdom. You got to get in yourself. You got to get in yourself. And what a tragedy for somebody to come to church many, many times and never enter the kingdom of God. What a tragedy that would be. That would be a great tragedy. It would have been a great tragedy for us to be all the way California, be on the campus of Crystal Cathedral and not be able to go inside. And how, how, how weak that is. But yet we got people all around the kingdom of God and yet not entering in. Jesus said, you got to enter in. Not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord will enter in. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Listen, you know what? Satan is the king of this world. He's, he's the God of this world. And the Bible says he's blinded the minds of the unbelieving. And so until you enter the kingdom of God, you're influenced by the other king. Once you enter in, the God of this world's power is broken off your life. You transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of light. Amen. Now, secondly, to experience and inherit the kingdom of God, you must live your life surrendered to the will of God. Listen what Jesus said. Not everyone who calls me calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Only those who actually do the will of my Father. See, it's not just entering the kingdom of God we need to worry about. It's living in the kingdom of God. It's experiencing the kingdom of God. The will of God causes you to live in the will of God. That's why some people, at one point in their life, they experience God, they experience the provisions of the kingdom, but all of a sudden, somewhere, it dries up. It comes to an end like a faucet. It's turned off. you got to do the will of God. What is doing the will of God? It's doing what God wants you to do. It's, it's living your life to fulfill His desires. Come on, how many of you know that when you become a Christian, you become a slave? Well, I don't want to be a slave. Well, if you want to be a Christian, you have to be a slave. You got to be a slave to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And by the way, you're going to be a slave one way or not. You can either be slave to sin or slave to Jesus Christ. It would be better that you become a slave to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus will bring you freedom. Amen. Sin will bring you into bondage. Will hold you captive. Amen. 
to do the will of God. It's what pleases God. Remember that time that Jesus' family visited him. And they said, Jesus, hey, your brothers, your mama's here. And this is what he said, Mark 3, 32. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother, your brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. He said, here are my brother, my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does God's will, he said, I care more or as much about my brothers as I do about who is my brother? Who is it that pleases me? The one who does the will of God. We got to do the will of God. It's doing our own will that keeps us out of the will of God. And I found this, that whenever Jesus said, you got to take up your cross and follow me, the cross is the electric chair. You got to die to yourself. You can't live like you want to and serve Jesus. That is a Christianity that has been preached in America. That is a false Christianity. It's, it's a wrong Christianity. You cannot live for yourself and serve Jesus at the same time. You got to pick up your cross and follow me. The cross is death to self. Come on, if you're going to tap in to the abundance of the kingdom of God, you got to die to yourself. You got to make his agenda your agenda. Come on, you're never going to experience the kingdom of God as long as you do your own thing. Come on, how many of you would agree with that this morning? Help me preach this morning. Remember Jonah. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah had the will of God, but he decided, I don't want to do the will of God. I don't like those people. I don't want to go over there. So he headed for Tarshish. He got on a boat. He headed the wrong way. A sea hit the, uh, a storm hit the sea. The, they were about to all die right there. The boat was about to sink. And Jonah said, and they said, man, who is not in the will of God? And Jonah was down at the bottom and they figured out it was Jonah. And he said, it's me, man. Throw me over. Are y'all going to die? And they threw him over. But you know what? Somewhere along the way, Jonah, maybe when the seaweed got wrapped around his head, I don't know. But somewhere along the way, Jonah realized, this is not the way to live my life. If the Lord will give me another chance, I'm going to Nineveh. And he repented. And the whales who swallowed him up spit him out. And he got up and he went to Nineveh. And that's when his life changed. And that's when other lives changed around him. See, Christianity is not just coming up and praying a prayer. Lord, forgive my sins. And then going back and living our lives like we want. No. Christianity, if those who want to follow me must take up their cross and follow me. The whole point of Christianity is cause us to die to our own ways so that we can live in the ways of God. It's to die to our own selfish motives so we can be set free by the spirit and the power of God. That's where the kingdom of God begins to be released in our life. To the point that I surrender to the will of God will be the point that the power and the anointing and the grace of God will flow in my life. If I got a weak experience with God, I need to surrender more to God. Amen? Come on, are y'all with me? Tapping into the kingdom of God. Now listen, the complete fulfillment of the kingdom of God won't come about until the second coming. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? 
You know, we're talking about, you know, who's going to get elected, what this country's doing. I tell you, it's all in God's hands. It's going to happen just like he said it's going to happen. There ain't nothing going to happen in this world without the Lord making sure that it's what he wants to happen. He's in charge. And the Bible says one day the trumpet is going to sound. And the same Jesus who ascended into heaven is coming back. And it's going to look like a normal day. There's going to be festivals downtown. There's going to be people getting married in the churches around town. Receptions going on. There's going to be birthday parties. There's going to be all of that going on. And the trumpet is going to sound. And Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to rapture us. He's going to take us. And you know what? After he takes, after he comes back, that's when he's going to fully restore the kingdom of God. And Satan, who's been controlling kingdom, he's going to take the kingdoms back. And he's going to restore it totally. Revelation eleven fifteen says, The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. He's going to reign forever and his kingdom will have an an everlasting reign. Amen. Blessed Lord, Jesus is coming back. He's going to overthrow Satan's power and authority. Question is, are you ready for his return? That's the question. And Jesus says in, in that passage of scripture, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter on judgment day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We even cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. As I was reading this, you know, miracles were not uncommon in that day. There were miraculous things happening that wasn't in the kingdom of God. And so he's saying, listen, you know, you know, witches could do a miracle. You know, there's a popular lady I just saw, you know, telling people their life story and all that. And, and Dr. Oz is going to have her on. And, you know, he, hey, come on, dark, the angel, come on, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, the Bible says. But the Bible says, test that spirit to see if that's the spirit of God. But you know what? Jesus is coming back. And he says, you, you, you will say, I prophesy. Hey, listen, I cast out demons. I perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, it's more than praying a prayer. It's living your life for Christ. Amen. There's a kingdom that God offers us. Listen, people that are lost... There is some provisions that they can't have in operating in their life. But once you become a Christian and you get saved and you you give your life, you surrender to him, you take up your cross and you follow him, the kingdom of God is opened up to you. And the fruit of the Spirit is made available. The joy of the Lord. You don't have to worry about whether you're doing good or not doing good financially to have joy because it's not measured by how much money you have. It's measured by the power of the Spirit working in your life. Amen? You don't have to worry when everybody walks out on you. You won't be absent of love because the love of God will fill and flood your heart. Because the love is an, is a, an outflow of the Spirit of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, good, faithfulness. Come on. Self-control. The kingdom of God, when it's established in our life, we have provisions that we can never have otherwise. 
Amen? Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer. You know, just preaching this makes me more encouraged to live in the kingdom of God. How about you? Just talking about this encouragement. Listen, I'm not, le- I'm not looking to the left or to the right. Come on, let's keep our, our face set like flint to serve the living God. Come on, I don't want to. Come on, how many of you know there's a difference between going to church and serving the Lord? I went to church all my life. I never stopped going to church. I was a heathen going to church. It's not going to church. It's living your life for Jesus Christ. Amen? That's when the kingdom opens up. It's not giving a little bit to God. It's giving everything to God. It's taking up your cross and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live my life? What is my purpose? What is my, what do you want me to do with my, with this life you give me? Lord, that's what I want to live for. That's what I give give my life to. God, I just want to be pleasing to you. And whenever you make that decision and you do that, my friend, that's when the the kingdom of heaven opens up to you. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for opening up the kingdom today. Lord, I thank you that right now, even as I'm speaking, even as I'm talking, Lord, the kingdom of God is open to us. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here right now for our taking, for us to live in and abide in. Thank you, Lord, for the release of the kingdom of God right now in this place. Father, I pray that, Lord, you would touch every heart, touch every life. Come on, let's open up our life. Say, Lord, come, Spirit of God, come. Grace of God, I surrender. I yield. Help me to yield, Lord. Help me to surrender, Lord. God, help me not to just give a little bit, but to give my all. Lord, break my will. Break my stubbornness, God. Break everything that would keep me from surrendering and giving my all to you. Lord, bring us, bring us into your kingdom. Draw us by your spirit, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you in here, maybe you've never taken that step of entering in the kingdom of God by asking the Lord to forgive your sins, by being born again, as Jesus said. No one can enter in the kingdom of God unless he's born of the Spirit and born, born of the water and born of the Spirit. You must have a spiritual birth. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I'm not sure, but I want to be born again. I want to be a Christian. I want to live my life not outside the kingdom. I want to live my life inside the kingdom. If that's you and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. Raise your hand and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because I don't want anybody to leave not having that experience. Okay, for those of you that have your hands raised, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you. For giving us the privilege of living in the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned. I'm convinced that I need a savior. I need forgiveness. Jesus, I believe you are the savior. You are the Messiah. And that you've come to save lost souls. Lord Jesus... I ask you to save me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Wash my sins away. Come into my heart. Take control over my life. And help me to live the Christian life. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your kingdom and into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Come on, how many of you believe there's more than what we've experienced so far? Y'all believe that? How many of you want more? How many of you desire more? Come on, Lord, come. Release your glory. Release your power. Release your presence, Father God. Thank you, Jesus, for touching every heart, touching every life. Lord, I pray your favor and blessing and provision be released on every life today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.